Welcome to Parenting in Acadia, a podcast brought to you by Woman's Foundation. Our goal is to provide you with quality information from local experts to support you in your parenting journey. I am here with Nicole Lahr. She is with Brentwood Hospital, actually located in Shreveport. She's here to talk about some very, very important things that I think all parents should know, whether you have a young child, a teenager, or even older teenagers. And Nicole, would you like to do an introduction and tell us a little bit about what you do and your role there at Brentwood Hospital? Sure, absolutely. Thank you, Sally. So hi, everybody. I am Nicole, and I am a counselor at Brentwood Hospital. I work specifically in the PHP, or partial hospitalization program. Um, what that is, it's, it's our day program here at Brentwood Hospital. So I work with uh, children. I also work with adolescents, um, and I'm able to work with them for two to three weeks, Monday through Friday. And I have group counseling sessions where we really focus on coping skills, for anxiety, depression, and trauma. Great. So we're actually here to talk about something really specific that the media has covered quite a lot more than what we've seen lately, and that's suicide. And I know not very many people like talking about it, or they're they're skeptical of talking about it, or maybe they're just they don't know how to talk to their children about it. And so we're here just kind of to help parents maybe identify those signs. So Nicole, what are some warning signs? And I know you cover kids of all ages. So I want you to, you know, kind of go into detail about what age ranges, but what kind of warning signs should parents look out for uh, when it comes to maybe suicide or suicidal thoughts in their kids? Yeah, absolutely. I think first, Sally, it's just really important to know that there just depression related to suicide is is extremely common. I think it's something you kind of mentioned that we don't talk a lot about in our communities that we like as a culture like to downplay it or maybe there's some sort of stigma related to it. But I want to just let parents know that it is common and that they are not alone. Some statistics from the CDC kind of report that 60% of teenagers have thought about suicide or are actively thinking about suicide. So by no means is this something that they're in this alone. It's actually the third leading cause of death for older adolescents. So yeah, so for my high schoolers, my college age, it's the third leading cause of death. And then it's the fourth leading cause of death for your middle schoolers, or even your early, um, like late elementary school. So from age 10 to 14, fourth leading cause of death. So this is something that is extremely common, that just due to stigma of mental health is not talked about as much or, you know, discussed. Also, there's kind of a difference between boys and girls and and the thoughts and kind of the suicidal ideation. Uh Um, Boys are actually four times more likely to die from a suicide attempt. A lot of research is kind of behind they use more lethal means mm-hmm. so a uh, boy is going to try going to more likely succeed whereas the girls are actually twice more likely to think about it okay more likely to have those thoughts and um, so kind of looking at their differences right with sons and daughters girls are going to be way more likely to have the thoughts but not necessarily act upon it or achieve their suicide but some warning signs right what are we looking for what are we kind of wanting to see 
for our younger kids, we're going to be looking for sadness, right? We're going to be looking for that coming out with crying spells and crying Mm -hmm. or just being really hypersensitive to different situations. But you're also going to see it also with drastic mood swings, right? They're having more Mm -hmm. tantrums. They're being, you know, more irritable. That's something you're going to want to look for in your elementary school age children. Mm -hmm. As we move up to more middle school and high school, they're going to be showing signs in kind of three main ways, right? It's going to be either communication. They're going to verbally start talking about, oh, I wish I was dead or, you know, I just, what happens if something happens to me or I don't want to trouble anybody. So they're going to kind of have these passive sort of communications where they're cueing us into their thinking about suicide. Right. They're also going to kind of be demonstrating this throughout their behaviors. They might start isolating, right? They're not hanging out with their friends as much. They have low motivation maybe to go and participate in things they used to do. If they love to do soccer and now they quit soccer, no longer want to do that. Those are going to be kind of major signs to look out for. Mm-hmm. Also kind of looking at different sleep. Teenagers already in general, right, either sleep too much or too little, but Mm -hmm. that is definitely a common sign we want to look out for kind of collectively all together. These are things that, you know, parents or grandparents can be looking out for to kind of know. Right. And so if a parent were to kind of notice these signs in their kids, how would you advise this parent to maybe open up the conversation to talk about it or what? You know, how does a parent go about this situation if something, maybe they've lost a friend and they're getting really sad and depressed? Like how, what kind of tips and how would you advise parents to kind of open up this conversation? Absolutely. So 90% of teenagers who are having these thoughts about suicide, it's due to a depression. So we're kind of also talking about depression here as we're kind of talking about suicide, right? If you're losing right. a friend, you have a breakup, you kind of notice these signs of depression, you notice these signs, maybe they started passively talking about you know, some suicide or maybe not being present or not wanting to live or the hardships that they're going through. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the first things for parents is to spend quality time with them, right? We want to build mm-hmm. that relationship. Oftentimes we get busy with work, we get busy with our other functions. So just really begin to have that rebuilding of that relationship, finding time to spend one-on-one with them in things that interest them. Mm-hmm. Um, But if you're really concerned and are like, oh my goodness, that is my child. I'm really worried. The first thing to do is just ask. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times there's this sort of stigma that if I ask if they are feeling depressed or if I ask if they're thinking about suicide, then it will sort of plant a seed in a patient's mind. However, um, that is not proven at all. If this is something that the child is thinking about already, you know, hurting themselves or Mm -hmm. uh, just feeling really depressed, being able to clearly ask them will be a way to kind of help you along in the process. So not being worried that you're going to, by any means, plant that seed or the ideas. Right. feeling comfortable and confident that you can ask them uh, point blank, you know, hi, how are you feeling today? You seem depressed. I'm worried that you're isolating. All right. I'm worried that you're not spending time with your friends anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. Really being able to have that conversation and also listening. I think for the parents out there, sometimes it's a struggle to really be able to listen to what your child or teenager has to say, especially when it comes down to this idea of depression or suicide. Mm -hmm. We have this innate desire to fix or want to change. 
right? We see them in pain and we want to kind of take it away. And so right. really being able to put that aside and know that in order to help them, right, in order to make this communication lines open, we have to listen and not minimize what they're going through, right? So we're not going to say, oh, no big deal, right? You'll find another girlfriend or oh, right. you'll make the team next year, right? Really being able to listen and empathize with the feelings that they are going through. Good. And also, how can parents or any family member... Or Welcome to Parenting friend, in Acadian, a podcast brought to you by Women's Foundation. Our goal you know, is to provide you with quality you information from local experts so to support you in your parenting journey. With encouragement. I always encourage right, positive reinforcement with praise. If you are seeing um, others, right, either your teachers or um, just other uh, teenagers that you're seeing uh, that you work with or maybe in your neighborhood or church um, that you're kind of noticing these signs, being able to, again, build that relationship, build their trust and ask them, right? Being mm -hmm. able to communicate with that and listen to them and be there for what's kind of going on and what they're going through. Right. And I know you're mentioning, you know, all these great things of what to do and how to communicate and just be there for this person and just asking if they're okay. But are there some things that you shouldn't do in in a situation where there's a child maybe possibly thinking of suicide or just depressed yeah i'd say first off if someone's kind of really talking about suicide or even talking about depression though the worst thing we can do is again keep it a secret right building mm -hmm. into this stigma of mental health. I think that we want to be able to reach out to professionals. We want to be able to reach out to people who they can trust and be able to seek help. We never want to keep that a secret. And we also don't want to kind of talk them out of it, if you will. And when I say that, I mean, you know, being able to say, no, no big deal, right? Kind of like I talked about earlier, your life will get better. You have so much right life to live, right? Really being able to kind of sit there in the moment with them. I think a lot of times if we begin to kind of minimize what they're going through, it just adds more shame and guilt onto the teenager. Right. And I guess maybe just talking to them and maybe making them feel like, and this is okay for you to feel like this, but maybe let's take some steps and let's talk about it and it's okay to talk about it and you can come to me to talk about this right absolutely yeah and we and we can you know we can seek professional help that they're not alone and that there is help and that there is hope and that this family is not by any means by themselves in this alone now is there any differences with i know you had mentioned age groups earlier but older teenagers or maybe young adults Absolutely. So obviously, if we're looking at young adults, we're looking at college-age students, they're going to be more likely to really verbalize, right, what they're going through. They're going to be able to express themselves. Also, with our older college students or teenagers, they prefrontal cortex, right? That's part of their brain that is developed. It's almost fully developed. So they're less likely to take a risky behavior. Looking from a counseling perspective, we're always more concerned with our younger teenagers because of their high risk behaviors, right? So being able to, they don't fully think out the consequences of their actions. And this is ex extremely common with suicidal thoughts, not fully being able to kind of think out and know the, just the finality of it. And so that's something that will be a difference. And for parents, right, what does that mean for parents? For parents, that definitely means that we want to make sure that if our kid is struggling with depression and they are currently seeing help, they're seeing a professional counselor, that we want to maybe make sure that medications, firearms, 
lethal objects, maybe knives, mm-hmm. are locked away, put away. We want to make sure those are in a safe place, that it's not an easy way to grab those if I am feeling impulsive when I am depressed. Right. And would you recommend speaking to this child with the entire family or should they talk maybe one-to-one in private? What are some of your tips for that? Yeah, my tips are always doing it Mm -hmm. one-on-one and in private. Again, we don't want to add to the shame. We want to build that trust in that relationship and really want to make sure that they feel safe and comfortable to be honest. So being able to Uh, have that conversation kind of when you've planned it out, right? Not when you're feeling very emotional, but when you are ready to have that conversation and feel comfortable with your child. So kind of just have a calm, calm conversation about it. Yeah. And so whenever you're beginning that conversation, we may not know what to ask, how to, to even go about this conversation. Are there any like particular questions that are okay to ask when they're in this situation? Absolutely. So again, we want to make sure that we are kind of being upfront, we're being direct. So clearly asking how you're feeling, being able to, you know, explain to your child what you're noticing, some of your concerns that, you know, that you love them. And then asking them, are they having thoughts about hurting themselves? You know, are they ever thinking about committing suicide? You know, if they answer yes, asking them, right, do they have a plan to take their own life? Have they thought, you know, what they're going to do about that? When would they do it, right? We're kind of getting collecting that information. Mm-hmm. When would they do it? And then have they thought about how they would do it, right? What method would they do it? Really being able to collect that information to see, is this just a fleeting thought or is this something that they've been thinking about for a long time? So if any parents have really high concerns about their child and they've done the, the discussion, they've sat their child down What are some steps when they realize that maybe my child really is considering this? Is there any, do you recommend like the hotline or where can they go? Absolutely. So there's a lot of people ready to help. There are a couple kind of avenues a family could take. If they're drastically concerned that their child is going to uh, hurt themselves, they can bring them to any ER, right? Any emergency room, kind of explain the situation and they will be able to speak with or get somebody to assess the teenager. You can Mm -hmm. also call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and I'll provide you that number. So it's a 1-800-273-8255. And this is a number that you guys can also be able to reach out to specifically in regards to um, questions about suicide. Even if a parent Mm -hmm. was like, hey, what were those questions? What should I ask? What should I do? This is another lifeline and kind of resource for you that you can use. You always want to make sure if this is something where you think your teenager will act, say, tonight or in the meantime, you want to make sure that someone was with them, right? Mm -hmm. Not running off to a phone so frantic, so worried, being able to say someone can stay with them during this time as you begin to seek help and professional help. Right. And this suicide line is confidential. Is that correct? Absolutely. It is confidential. Is there any way to possibly text some sort of counselor or... Any crisis text line, perhaps? Absolutely. So if you're kind of uncomfortable over the phone, you can also text TALK, which is 741741. And this is kind of a crisis text line. It's open 24 hours, seven days a week. So it's Mm -hmm. also another avenue that if you needed guidance or suggestions on a quick what-to-do basis, they would be there to help you as well. Awesome. Now, I'd like to close the episode with, This one question we always like to ask our guests that are on our show, what is 
the one thing that you want parents to take out of this episode and just on suicide overall? Absolutely. I would love parents to know that they are not alone, that there are teenagers throughout this whole world struggling with suicidal thoughts, struggling with this depression, and that there are people to help. And so there is treatment available. And so they do not have to stay depressed their whole lives. I think that is something that I definitely would want parents just to feel encouraged about Mm -hmm. that there is help available Mm -hmm. and treatment for this. Yeah, I think it's so important to to everyone that it's it's okay and they can find help and there are better ways to go about these thoughts and feelings and that there is help and someone wants to help. I think that's the important thing, right? Absolutely. Well, thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much for coming on our episode, on our podcast. If parents wanted to find some more information about Brentwood Hospital or maybe what you do, or maybe they want to talk to you more about this topic, where can they get some information? So I am going to provide you guys Brentwood Hospitals. Um, This is my direct line. Feel free to reach out to me. It is 318 Six seven eight seven five three seven, and this will go to my PHP line. If you had questions and were like, hey, I think that maybe my child would really benefit from being a part of Brentwood, you can call the intake department at mm-hmm. 318-678-7500. Thanks, Nicole. It was so nice talking to you. And I think it's so important that parents listen to this episode. I hope that we get to talk again, and I'm sure you have a lot of more to share. So thanks again, Nicole. And parents, if you're listening, please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. It's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, Parenting in Acadiana Podcast. And also, please remember to follow us on Facebook. We have a lot of fun videos and things we share on there and updates on our new episode. So thank you again.